We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! Welcome to the Mouthpiece, episode 54, year two. Today, we're going to have the great one, Phil Helmuth, on our broadcast to talk about his amazing sweep of Antonio Esfandieri in the head-up battle. We're going to talk about the tragic, sudden passing of a legend, Sam Grizzle. We're going to talk about the debates last night, the 2020 World Series with my Dodgers, We're going to talk about my pick of the week and whatever else you want to talk about with your phone call segment. The Mouthpiece is next. What up? What up? Welcome to the Mouthpiece, episode 54. So, it's been a big week. Uh, A lot of things have happened this week. Um, Let's see. Phil Helmuth, he'll be joining us shortly. Uh, pulled off an amazing uh, three-match sweep of Antonio Esfandieri. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Uh, and uh, no, I like Antonio, but you know, I lo- you know when cocky people get beat, it's just fun to hear about. Now, speaking of cocky people getting beat, me and Phil are going to talk about uh, our bet that we made also this week. Um, interesting week. Uh, let's, uh, you know, let's start off, um, the program on a, on somewhat somber note. Okay. So earlier in this week, um, Sunday night, uh, uh, Sam Grizzle was playing in a poker tournament, WSOP. He was leading the tournament. Uh, and the last, his last words to his daughter was, I'm doing great. I'm leading the tournament. He then had a massive brain hemorrhage and uh, fell into a coma and passed away. Uh, um, Listen, um, whether you like Sam or not, uh, there is, you know, Sam was a a character, a special character in poker. Um, Everybody has a Sam Grizzle story. Um, And even... When you were mad at Sam and you kind of, you know, didn't want to be bothered with him, he'd always come by and say something funny to make you laugh. And, um, uh, you know, I think that's really what matters. You know, uh, I used to, you know, I used to always say, you know, Sam owed me 80000 I was never going to get it. Well, now I'm for sure I'm never going to get it. But. Even when he owed me money, it wasn't something that I held against him because Sam had his own demons. You know, he 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 had problems. You know, he had as much problems as I have as anybody else has. You know, um, and it, that doesn't mean he wasn't good for poker because there was a lot a lot of funny things in poker that he's done that he did and. Um, you know, so uh, I want uh, everybody out there to understand that no matter what you heard, heard, or think about Sam, Sam was a character in poker. He was he was somebody that will always lift you up when you, even when you were mad at him. I mean, you just it was hard. That's one thing he was good is like he was hard to stay mad at. 
I mean, I can't tell you how many times I just wanted to just kill him. But then he'd call and we'd start talking and somehow he'd twist words around where I wasn't mad at him. That's what Sam was always really good to do, you know. So, um, but listen, uh, I just want everybody out there uh, that's listening to the podcast that uh, you can go to my Twitter page. There's a GoFundMe account and... um, uh, I got this message for everybody in the poker world um, to uh, read from uh, Sam's daughter. And uh, so I'm going to read this right now. Um, she said, uh, her name is Lexi. She's 20 years old. I remember when she was born. Um, Sam was so happy. Uh, and uh, I haven't actually seen his daughter since she was about four or five. Uh, but uh, now she's a full-grown adult, and um, Sam meant the world to her. But um, she just wanted to say how grateful she is for the support that uh, the poker world has done and reached out to give Sam a proper burial. Uh, They um, went yesterday to a funeral home, and... uh, the cheapest package they have is 25000 They had no idea it was that much. And uh, that they really appreciate everybody in the poker world who said a lot of kind things about Sam and who's pitched in to um, make uh, this a, a, a easier time on the family. Um, they... Um, Let's see, uh, they did everything they could. Uh, we pre- they appreciate everybody showing their respects to him. And, um, you know, the, his life had been hard the last years of his life, but at least he will be able to rest in peace. Thank you, everybody, to the poker community who's chipped in to help them in this situation. Uh, I'm the type of person that, never ever holds grudges against people nobody's perfect we're all not perfect uh we all have our flaws um so i appreciate everybody who has reached out and donated uh to sam's daughter and the family for funeral arrangements uh if you haven't and would like to donate something uh you go to my twitter page uh there's a gofundme account that i put that i retweeted um, and uh, me and Elia Lezra put up. Uh, you know, I'm not a person that has a lot of money. I donated a thousand dollars. Eli donated a thousand. Phil Helmuth, who's coming on, uh, who really wasn't the best of friends with Sam, even though uh, they got along when they saw each other. He hasn't actually seen Sam in 20 years, but Phil gave a thousand dollars because, and, and Phil, come on, he'll be telling a lot of stories about Sam. So um, no matter what, like I said, um, you know, there's a lot of people that didn't like Sam. There's a lot of people that that did. Um, Sam was a character. Uh, he was, I mean, I got so many stories to tell about Sam. There's so many funny ones. What, I mean, one of the funniest ones was literally, I mean, I don't know if it's my girlfriend didn't find it funny, but. I was out of, t- uh, this is about 2013, and uh, Sam had asked me to 
use my house as a mailing address uh, because of, I think he had, um, you know, uh, issues with uh, child support issues or whatever. I don't know exactly what it was, but, but to make a long story short, I was out of town. I forgot where I was. I think I was, I think I was in Spain and it, this is like a year before my injury. And uh, my girlfriend calls crying. <laughs> She's like, the police are at the door. The feds are at the door. They're looking for Sam Grizzle. And I'm thinking to myself, what? She goes, yeah, you gave him, let him have our mailing address for all his stuff is coming here. And now they're not, it's 5 a.m. And they're pounding at the door looking for him. So uh, I think that was a pretty funny story. But I mean, it was just... Uh, that's what Sam did. He was he, he was pretty funny. Uh, I mean, uh, there's so I mean, there's so many stories I could tell you. But and there's gonna be when Phil comes on, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of these stories. So um, rest in peace, Sam Grizzle. Um, anybody else listening to the show that that actually uh, wants to give twenty bucks, ten bucks, five bucks, anything they can to help the family uh, raise their goal of 20,000 uh for funeral arrangements and uh anything else we can give to the family that'll make things easier for his daughter uh I'd appreciate it you know so um you know me and Sam we were always uh, good acquaintances we we used to be much closer I know Sam had his demons and uh you know when I um was working on getting my life together um it was a little bit tough, you know, uh, trying to be there for Sam uh, when he was struggling because, you know, I have so many of my own problems to deal with. So, um, but that's, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that uh, anybody that knows Sam, whether you like him or not, like I said, he touched so many people in the poker world with his funny, witty personality. I mean, so many funny things that he says and did. And, and um, so... Uh, with that, uh, me and Phil will we'll talk about that a little bit when he comes on. Uh, let's see what else is going on. So last night uh, we had the second and final presidential debates. I just want you all to know I cannot wait for this election to be over. The only problem is it's probably not going to be over November 3rd because... There's going to be probably court fights unless somebody wins big. I don't see that happening. Um, I'm a straight shooter. I tell it like it is. In debate number one, Trump made a fool of himself, uh, acted like a complete idiot, interrupted Biden nonstop. Biden made a fool of himself, calling the president of the United States a clown, a racist, and told him the president of the United States just shut up on national TV. Uh, even though Trump was the one who interrupted them the most and started it, Biden was very rude too, um, but I thought it hurt Trump the most. The VP debate, I thought Pence completely slaughtered Kamala and exposed her for how fake she was. Last night's debate was interesting. I thought Trump did a fantastic job of prosecuting uh, the case uh, against um, Biden, uh, and also, uh, for how he was able to show the policy differences between the two candidates. It was civil, it was normal, and you have to give the debate moderator a lot of credit. Um, 
they didn't use that 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 mute button very often maybe they used it four or five times at the most uh she had complete command of both candidates and uh that goes to show you uh what a good job somebody can do uh, i thought chris wallace i mean i thought he attacked trump for no re what consistently he didn't couldn't keep it in command she did a fantastic job and if you look out both people on both sides of the aisle all say she did a fantastic job so when you hear and even trump congratulating her for doing a fantastic job so when you hear that you know that it was an unbiased pretty good job debating they'll say well she interrupted trump four times as much uh but it wasn't as noticeable i think she she hammered biden just as much especially with his answer about getting rid of oil at the end she goes excuse me how are you going to do that uh she called him out i wish the only thing i wish she would have done is is called him out more on the hunter biden email story uh the guy borowski who came out saying that uh he was his hunter's business partner and biden was all part of it and of course they're gonna deny it call it right i mean all you have to do is this they, when they say that Rush, that that Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, uh, one of the most patriotic men to ever serve this country, is a Russian asset, I mean, that's when you need to ask yourself how full of shit are the Democrats. So, with that said, I thought it was a very even debate. I thought Biden held his own very well um, up until the last 20 minutes. The last 20 minutes, uh, you saw an older, frailer Biden who started to, um, I mean, he started to, to, to lose it a little bit. And uh, it was very noticeable. Now, again, this comes to, does he have the stamina to run the country? Well, we all know he doesn't because he's not gonna be running the country. Kamala's gonna be running the country or their donors or whoever else is, you know. And that's, that's basically the whole problem I have with the Biden situation. Um, and uh, he started to, he really wilted the last 20 minutes. Uh, he started stuttering more. He couldn't get his words out. He was getting his talking points confused. Um, and if you, and, and, and Trump called him out on it. He said, oh, there you go looking into the camera saying you're giving your Democrat talking points. He goes, people know how fake you are. And when he did that, it was, I mean, he really, it was true. He was, and then, he looked at his watch. He was looking at his watch the last five minutes, hoping it was, couldn't wait for it to end. But with that said, I don't think it changed much of the needle. I don't think it moved the needle much at all. Um, I thought Biden held his own. And um, but if you want to be honest about it, Trump won the debate because Biden faded the last twenty minutes. But he didn't win by much. It was very close. And it's so stupid. All the fake news. You turn on CNN, MSNBC. Oh, Biden won by a mile. You turn on Fox. Oh, Trump killed him. No, Trump didn't kill him. And Biden didn't win the debate. Trump won by a very small margin. And that was only because Biden faded in the last 20 minutes. Other than that, it was a really good debate. It was good for the country um, compared to the first one, which was an absolute disgrace for the country. So... You know, uh, we'll have people call in later. We could talk about the debates. We could talk about the World Series, Dirk Collins, uh, the World Series of Poker, or not the World Series of Poker, but the World Series Baseball. Did you want to show your favorite clip? Um, oh, yes. This is our favorite. Yeah, let's show our favorite clip from the debate last night, you guys. What do you think of this? This is last night's favorite clip of the debate. I just have 
one thing to say. favorite clip from last night's debate okay now of course the fake news will say that's fucking doctored yes it is doctored okay it's called a meme and, and uh it's funny so uh fake news media uh sorry that was just supposed to be funny so uh, anyways uh um uh, my editor found that and he put that together he thought it was gonna be pretty funny so we'll go to the world series of po- uh, poker well the world series of baseball my Dodgers are tied 1-1. Uh, game three starts tonight at 5 p.m. And um, I uh, I have quite a big bet on the Dodgers. I know I, you always hear me say I'm never betting sports again. Uh, and I haven't. And this is the first bet that I've really made that of significant. I bet the Dodgers to win. I think it's their year. Um, I think the manager of the Dodgers is still a complete idiot. Overcoming his fucking terrible managerial skills is going to be tough. Uh, Walker Bueller tonight against Charlie Morton. Morton's been amazing. Uh, Bueller's been just as amazing. Uh, to me, I think it's a must win for the Dodgers. Uh, if they lose tonight, uh, we're talking about the Dodgers needing a seven-game series to win instead of possibly a six. I'm sweating it, but I knew when I bet it was going to be a sweat. Um, so I'm a diehard Dodger fan. I got my 1980 Dodger shirt on right here. Um, as you all know, I'm just a, I bleed Dodger blue. Always have. It's been 32 long years. I hope to God they win the World Series. Uh, we could talk a little bit about that football game yesterday. If anybody watched it, I didn't really watch it because I was busy watching the debate. But as soon as the debate went over, I turned it on. There was five minutes to go. 21 to 10 Giants, 528 to go. And somehow, some way, um, did you see that, uh, that little, uh, thing from Barstool Sports I put out where he, where the Giants fell off the cliff? Yes. That's the funniest thing. That that's one you should put up here on on our show. Also, that's that's pretty funny. And the the Giants were ninety nine point eight percent to win the game with five twenty eight to go, and somehow lost the game. Uh, I um, had the Giants as a number five in my pick'em contest. I was going to have it like about an eight or a nine, but everybody in the world was all saying Philly, Philly, Philly. But four and a half in a division game, both were in a must win spot. So. I am now one and zero in my pick ten for the week. Uh, last week I had a seven and three week. Um, this best week I had, I was I had been uh, fifteen and thirty five going into that. Uh, my pick of the weeks are now two and four after starting off two and zero. It's very depressing and not good. But uh, so that's what's going on in the world. That's what's going on in the poker world. Uh, we are. Going now to have Phil Helmuth join us on Zoom here. And we're going to talk about his matches. We're going to talk about a bet me and Mr. Phil made. Uh, We'll talk about us when we celebrated his win the other day. That was pretty fun. Uh, So there's a lot of stuff to talk about with Phil. And uh, so we're just waiting to connect up with Phil right now. 
and uh, you guys will we're definitely going to take some phone calls um, for once we're done talking and anybody who wants to talk with Phil will be able to talk with Phil so we're just waiting for the great one great one are you there yet oh great one where are you the great one great one great one I've lost once. Well, well, it wasn't to Antonio, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm good at no limit hold'em. You are good at no limit hold'em. You are good at no limit hold'em. So, yeah. So the Dan, we're gonna talk about the Daniel um, uh, match coming up with uh, Doug Polk. Um, it's so funny, I put out a tweet saying I got 20,000 in my name and I bet 10 on Doug Polk I'm like what am I going to do I have 6,000 in bills due and I have a $5,000 Trump bet it's so funny when you troll people they really actually believe that <clears throat> and the comments were absolutely legendary if you go look at that tweet I put out and watch the comments of these idiots that really think that I bet 20,000 and had t to my name and bet 10 but one of the funniest comments was Doug Polk said put it put to that comment he's like why'd you hold back the other 10 go for it all because he's doug's pretty cocky and uh i think his cockiness will get him down because same with antonio he's been cocky for for years consistently calling phil out to play him head up have him head up play him head up you're the worst phil you're the worst villain and now he's just gotta just be it's just i tell you let's hear we're gonna hear from phil what it feels like here in a second we have him phil are you there I'm here, Mikey. Philly, Philly. Welcome to the mouthpiece. So um, let's start off. How does it feel to fucking <laughs> shove it mm, right in Antonio's cocky ass face who's been calling you out? <laughs> who's been calling you, know, you I mean, out for years to play him head up? He has been calling me out for years. I mean, he's always like, I'll play you heads up and the loser gets shot with a taser gun. Yes, I heard I that. Telling him, I kept telling him that we can play, but I mean, I wanted to play for 10 or 20,000 mm -hmm. and we can just, I told him I'd play him 10 matches in a row with the Aria. Right. Anytime he wanted or Bellagio or whatever, but Aria, of course. Right. And, uh, but you know, 10,000 doesn't interest him. So, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, it was nice because he's been calling me out on television forever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, how did it feel to beat his ass? It was, you know, I mean, like it, it, I, I had forgotten until two days after the match that he called me out so many times. Oh, I did. Uh, what do you think I wanted you I, to win so bad? I know, but it's just kind of weird. Like, I, I just don't carry a lot of uh, I carry so much positivity. I forget the slights and anybody who's negative towards me. Mm -hmm. I seem to get over that pretty quickly and forget it. So well, you that's, know, how, that's anyway, how you that's how you stay friends with me. You, for, you forget all the horrible things I say. <laughs> You, you're like I don't think the world understands, Mike. That you, you have this propensity. You have a great heart, and I think people know that. Yeah. But occasionally, 
you get a little too emotional. Very. And a lot of people do this. Actually, I think 80% of the world can get in an argument where they're dead wrong, 100% wrong, and scream and yell. Yeah. And uh, and I, I honestly think that a lot of it's a very high percentage of the world that can do that. Trump does um, it every Trump get, does it every day. <laughs> they get caught, you know, they get caught kind of in a sub point. Yeah. And uh, you know, I remember I remember calling you up with three people on the phone who had witnessed what you did. And you started screaming and yelling and say, you guys all hate me. I can't believe it. You guys are the worst. And, you know, something uh you know, if you would have just said, yeah, yeah, I did that, we would have been, the phone call would have been 30 seconds. But I'll tell you what, I honestly think that, you know, a lot of people on this planet get caught in emotional arguments when they're wrong. And, yeah. you know, that's a pet peeve of mine that I have to get over. Yeah. That's on me. Yeah. So, you know, uh, everybody who listened to the show last week, they, they, they know that I said I thought you were going to lose the match number three. Um, Mike, I told Mike, them, you know. but I did tell them. I, they kept saying, why do you say that? And, and, I, and I told them exactly. I said, well, I don't think Phil's preparing correctly. I think his ego's a little too big. And he just thinks he could just beat Antonio at any time. And I thought Antonio was really working you're hard. Phil Helm, you're too good. And I thought, <laughs> and I just was worried, you know. And then, But I, I did say I, not, I want Phil to win 99.999%. I'm not rooting against him. I was just kind of, because I wanted you to win so bad, I was worried. I guess I should have just not been worried because you're Phil. But, you know. I, you know it's I, amazing to me, Mike. It's amazing to me. You know, everybody else thinks, everybody else, when I say I've won 24 out of my last yeah. 25 heads-up matches, yeah. they don't know that's true. You know that's true. Yeah, I know. The only last one you lost was to me in 2013 when I beat your ass head up in the in the finals. That's all. You haven't lost, lost since. <laughs> I lost. To, yeah, I lost to Kerry Katz once um, uh, in the. Uh, yeah, but I mean, in the NBC heads up, I won it no five, and then the last yeah. that was the first year, and then the last year I came second. Uh, to people you. don't even understand you. You were in the finals three or four times of the NBC head up, right? Or at least the final. I four. was down to the final four a bunch of times. At least four or five they, times. I, yeah, I think they said I had the best record in no, the did. NBC heads up championships, and that was all the greatest players. So. For some reason, heads up makes sense to me. And then there was a year that Tom Dwan beat me. I got it in with aces against tens, like 150 blinds each. I remember. It was 10. like the first fucking hand off the deck. It was like three hands into the match. He yeah, put it was like, like 300. Third hand. Yeah, I remember that. And I, I thought I was, you know, I mean, I was supposed to win that one. But I, so anyway, yeah, heads up, I've had a knack for. And uh, I mean, it's amazing to me. How many people just constantly underestimate me? No, it, but not you, Mikey. Come on, man. No. You also know you've been with me. I've won what twenty three out of the last twenty five no, times I've filmed the cash game. No, I don't like underestimate you. How I much don't. money have you watched me win in these televised cash games? I listen. I don't underestimate you. I I know that 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 when you're on your game, you're you're amazing. Yeah, but, you Mike, know, who did you a, predict was going to win this match? I predicted Antonio was going to win match number three. Are you sure you don't underestimate me? No, it wasn't. I told you it wasn't that. I just thought because Antonio wants to beat you so bad. I said to my thought to myself, Antonio's spending hours a day studying all this tape. He's gonna pick up something on Phil. Phil's not studying the tape. He's and he's gonna pick something up and beat him. And that's what I that's what I was worried about. But I guess I shouldn't have been worried. That's my fault. 
I should have had my confidence in you. I no, I mean, you know, I apologize, Phil. You, um, you came. No, I mean, and... Antonio's just—he's just—he is a great player for sure, and you can't underestimate him, right? You know, and so three in a row strong. I mean, I heard some of the guys saying, "Hey, you, the most you can be is a five or a ten percent favorite." Yeah. In these matches, some really smart people, and I'm thinking, why do I win 24 out of my last 25 if they really think it's five or ten percent? The difference is if you can read somebody, if you can make ten good reads per session. Mm-hmm. And and play ten hands differently than everybody else. It's a tremendous advantage. Yeah, that's what they don't understand. It's like, um, are, are are people more fundamentally sound than me and you? Yes, a lot of people are. Do people read people as well as me and you? Not many. So that's the uh, what they don't understand. And uh, I know that I've seen you fundamentally sound based on what I'm talking about, like. What they based on like oh the the they they're supposed you know they they'll say like if you run the analytics you're supposed to do this or you're supposed to do that Mike doesn't do that and Phil doesn't do that I know Mike but the, but but are they right or are they wrong That's a good question Me and you because like in 2006 they said well Phil's not good at heads up and then they <laughs> they said it in seven and eight and nine and ten and they have a new theory well Phil can't be that good because we have this theory and then the next year oh Phil can't be good because we have that theory right. oh Phil can't be that good because we have this theory I've been listening to this bullshit for 15 years right. and I just keep winning and uh, you know if I were in their shoes I would say to myself you know what I'm not sure what Phil's doing but maybe I should study that no shit it's like it's like I don't even play any online tournaments like never I mean so during this COVID I played 24 of them that's probably more online tournaments than I played in my entire life I mean I might even when I was with Full Tilt I played the ones that I was uh uh, the host of, which might have been three a year uh, for about eight years. And that was, I never played online tournaments. Yet I cast 12 of 24 and was down the last 10 uh, with and with the best 10 twice with a shot to win it and could have won two bracelets this year. So uh, I don't play any, I don't, I don't do any Sims. I know you don't do any Sims. Uh, and we, and we're there with chances to win all the time. So there's something to be said about that. Anybody wants to tell me differently, they're just a bunch of fucking idiots. So, um, you know, so let's, uh, you know, let's, uh, while we're on the subject of heads up, uh, let's talk about the upcoming Daniel uh, uh, Doug Polk match. Um, and we can uh, announce to the world that uh, me and you have bet. And uh, we, uh, we took... Uh, we, what we feel is way the best of it. Uh, we took four to one uh, for ten thousand. Well, you feel it's way the best of it. I think Doug is an absolute beast, man. Oh, he and, is. You know, you're talking. He first of all, he's a beast. He's even more of a beast online. He's even more of a beast heads up, and even a more of a beast in heads up no limit. I agree. Many people rated him as the best online heads up no limit hold'em player in the world. Right. And now he has twenty five thousand hands, but he laid us four to one. Mm-hmm. And Daniel is a great player, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he's in, you know, one of the one of the, you know, he's he's a great player. Right. He's up there on the list of you know of great players, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, some people it doesn't matter. I mean, everybody puts some uh, top ten list of great players on the planet. Right. And so you know, guys like that, they just find a way to win. And so. You know, I mean, Doug was, you know, I mean, I put out a tweet and he didn't even negotiate. He didn't say, I'll give you three and a half to one. He's like, I'll let you bet whatever you want, Phil. <laughs> I know. So, so, you know, it's, uh, you know, for as tough. I me- mean, Mike, you you were with me the night before you were celebrating, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the way, it was really nice to have you and Ben. Yeah. How do we pronounce his last name? Jerusalem. yeah. Jerusalem. The three of us were having kind of a nice little get-together here at the Ari. We had our masks on. We were socially distancing. We went to high limit. We had – we didn't have a drink. I mean, I, I just I – All I know is we you, you were playing roulette. And I had no, I, I didn't even have money with me. You handed me five hundred, and you said, "Come on, let's 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 bet." And I'm like, "Well, what do I do?" He goes, "Just you said, just put some on numbers." The next thing you know, about ten minutes later, I had four thousand in front of me, and uh, I owed you forty six hundred. So I just handed it all to you. And, yeah, uh, you won thirty five hundred, and then we uh, were all smart to just quit. And we yeah. went over and we talked for a while. We kind of celebrated and enjoyed each other's company. Yeah, was I was on diets. I was on diet sodas without caffeine, um, you know, and because I was so tired, I don't want to. So maybe tonight I'll have a few drinks. Today's Friday. Yep. Tonight I might have a few drinks to celebrate. But, you know, uh, had kind of a quiet evening last night as well. So since right. I won this match. But anyway, it was really nice that you came over and it was really nice. We had a chance to celebrate and you handed me ten thousand dollars and said i want you to try to get three or four to one so i didn't think i could get four to one Mm -hmm. but i put it out there on a tweet uh and who responds of all people but doug (laughs) yeah you know and and i mean he's i mean he's he is amazing player and uh but he didn't even negotiate he didn't come back with hey three and a half to one which we would have probably taken or maybe even three (laughs) to one we would have probably taken he's like you can bet whatever you want and i'm like okay so I bet ten thousand for you and ten thousand for me, and then uh, I threw another five. I just texted him to bet another five thousand, which he accepted. So yeah. you and I have Daniel to win twenty five thousand to a hundred thousand. Right. And I, I do think this. I think that uh, Daniel's going to be tougher than Doug thinks. Yeah. That much I, I, can I just listen. I'm not saying Doug's not going to win. I mean, Doug's the favorite. Okay? Yes, you are. <laughs> I no, well, I just got to go with what you believe. Well, I just think that we're getting four to one and he's not four to one favorite. OK, he might. Thank you very much for that donation there, buddy. Um, it's he's just not four to one favorite. I mean, there's I don't think anyone on the planet that has a clue how to play poker is four to one dog. And I, I, I mean, I know that Daniel's studying, putting in the work. Plus, he's got. He's a great player, and I just don't. I just think that uh, I just think even if we lose, um, when you get down to the last two thousand hands, you're going to. It's not going to be over. It's going to be close. And uh, I like gambling. I like gambling with Doug. And if he beats me, I'll still invite him to sit on the floor with me at a Golden State Warriors game. Yeah, he's a very pleasant guy. Really fun to be with. Laughs a lot. You except, know. except when he said and, that me uh, and you were he cheating. Beats me. What's that? <laughs> except when he accused me and you of cheating together. That was that's what pissed me off about him. But other than that, I I always I, I always liked Doug. I uh, I had, yeah. I, I mean, I don't I don't I, don't, I, mean, I can't imagine it was a serious accusation. But I mean, you know. But I mean, a lot of times people do clickbait stuff and yeah. they say, oh, somebody did this or somebody did that. I didn't really take that seriously. I, was well, I don't know. He put out a whole video. Fuck it. Uh, he put out a whole video, literally accusing me and you of cheating. So go check that out. Um, uh, it was pretty disgusting. Okay, Mike. Well, I'm, so. I'm glad that you, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think no one has ever, I will tell you this, yeah. I've never been accused of cheating in my entire life in poker. Me neither. All right. And I've been, in, I've been in the, you know, so, I mean, if you want to take the accusation seriously and get upset, go ahead. But to me, mm-hmm. I just Man. kind of brushed it off and laughed. I mean, even in the hand he accused us of, I folded. I know. 
I know that. I mean, the funny part was, is I thought you had already folded uh, when I said out no, loud. I mean, no, 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 Mike. People yeah. talk during hands yeah. all the time. It's just yeah. a natural, normal thing where you see somebody over there like, damn it, I would have won this hand. Mm. And that, but you, you know, and so, I mean, whatever. It doesn't, you know, I, I'm. I mean, I didn't, even, I didn't even give this credence and whatever, Mike. It's, whatever. It's, you know. So, you know, let's staying on a positive note or we can let's get, let, let's kind of address um, uh, losing Sam Grizzle this week. Um, you. Um, What's your best Sam Grizzle story? Uh, oh, go ahead, Mike. I want you. Go ahead. I want you to leave this. Go I ahead. mean, I, I have so, so many. I mean, I mean, the one that. No, but Mike, I heard that you're, you're giving a thousand dollars. Yeah, I did. I, I did. His daughter. Yeah, and I just read off. Lexi. Yeah, I just read off what what she said. They sent me a uh, a text, you know, um, thanking the poker. Good job world. giving a thousand dollars, Mike. You got I it. haven't seen Sam in fifteen years, but just a couple of times, and I also gave a thousand dollars. But it's mm-hmm. my responsibility as one of the leading poker players to always kind of help out in these spots. And yeah. the poker players don't have health insurance, and you know, and so and life insurance, and so. I mean, you know, <laughs> you have you have a couple of real good ones you could tell. Uh, uh, one of them was just happened to be one of the days I wasn't there, so we could get to that in a second. But well, um, but and also tell the folks tell the folks that they can check your Twitter to give some money to the GoFundMe. Yeah, I've already done that. So uh, and I'll say okay. it again. So, so I gave a thousand dollars in cash to Moria Skandani to give to Lexi. Yeah. So and like I said, anybody out there. Um, that even if you don't know Sam, you got an extra 10, 20 bucks, whatever you could give, uh, you go to yep. my Twitter or Eli Lazarus Twitter, and there's a GoFundMe for his daughter to help pay for yep. funeral costs and all that. Um, and uh, like I said earlier uh, in the segment of the show. You want my story, Mike? You know, uh, well, I'm going to get to your story in a second, but one of the funniest things, Sam, the one that always stuck to me, and I always use this line on people when when things were going bad for me and I was getting staked. And uh, Stam's greatest line to me was when Sam played a hand really bad against somebody, he looked up straight in the eye and say, shut the fuck up. You play your money the way you want to play. I'll play other people's money the way I want to play. <laughs> yeah, first he got insulted. Yes. I mean, he used that line a lot. It's he a did, but, but I'm was... like, Sam, what are you doing? How, how did you beat me this hand? You know, yeah. what are you thinking? Yeah. He's like, now, Phil, you play your money the way you want, and I'll play other people's money the way I want. <laughs> it's it true. Just, people don't understand how funny he was. Oh, he was really funny. And and when the thing was, is true, is when you st- if you stake Sam and you sat behind him and he didn't play more than eight hours, he was as tough as nails. Okay, yep. his problem would always be would always be like if you're not behind him and he's looking to make a score because he needed money, he'd gamble, he'd gamble, gamble, and uh, try and you know get lucky. And then and you know uh, unfortunately, you know that's kind of normal, you know, with other people. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike. But, if he never played more than eight hours, he would have had millions and millions of dollars. I mean, I played yeah. with him a lot where we play these 36 hour sessions yeah by the way i'm aria here and i'll tell my story in a second but if he could have just gotten out of there with some of those wins you know yeah yeah so you know uh somebody is commenting on a dave or gray story why don't you tell why don't you tell the folks uh the famous date one of sam's famous david gray stories well mike i'm just grabbing room service here at the Ari sure. here i'm in my suite no problem uh one second here yeah, get your food. Get your food. So, uh, 
Yeah, there was, uh, you know, there's a lot of funny things. Um, there was uh, one time, Phil will tell you about it here in a second. I haven't had to sign one of these uh, in a couple months, so these... Uh, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on a live interview right now, so just put the water there. It's great. Thank you. So, All right. um, tell... tell <laughs> so you want fucking, the story, Mike? Tell, tell them the time that fucking... No, Sam- I'm going to tell you the story. So I'm playing in the 19... I want to say 1994 Hall of Fame poker tournament. Yeah. And it was the Deuce to Seven tournament. And you got, you know, you know, you got uh, Chip Reese in there and Doyle Brunson in there and Billy Baxter, who was the best Deuce to Heaven. Still is the best Deuce to Seven tournament and cash game player, especially no limit on the planet. And, and, uh, and you know, Bob Stupak mm-hmm. and all these legends, you know, I mean, I won the main event in 1989. I played with these legends for a decade you mm-hmm. know and uh, and so there we are and uh, and sam is sitting next to Stu Unger, mm-hmm. and right above them to the right of them is this uh champions board you know the world champions of poker my pictures up there from 89 and Stu's pictures up there everybody's pictures up there and this is before we won it the third time in 1997 and all of our pictures are up there and uh just the world champions and the board is right there and all of a sudden i hear all this commotion well in those days you know poker tournaments were a lot more quiet a lot more silent yeah. you know all these great players are in there because they bet fifty thousand dollars on who lasted longer and mm-hmm. they just had a ton of money they love the deuce to seven because you they would hammer it too it'd be like a 10k buy-in and they'd mm-hmm. all be in four or five bullets laughing having fun moving in on each other it's a great festive atmosphere and i hear all this stuff and I'm kind of the young guy, and so I pop up to walk over there, and and it's Sam Grizzle and Stu Unger. And Stu's really upset, and he's, like, yelling a little bit and screaming, and I'm just like, wow, what's going on here? I mean, I've never seen Stu get upset before. And I hear Sam say, say, I'm going to say it again. Y'all ought to take a picture down of all those world champions and put one picture up of me. And I just busted out laughing it was so funny and uh, and Stu, i think you know got got bothered his ego a little bit and, and you know i mean sam was serious you know take it all take all them pictures down and put one big picture up of me and it was just you know it was just so funny i'm just laughing and laughing and and Stu's just tilted he's you know like really upset and i was just like oh my god that was so typical of sam but you know i played with him a lot uh, i believe started well I, I started thinking about it. I started playing with him in the 80s. Yeah. And there's yeah. only one or two players that I played cash games with in the 80s that were still around. Unfortunately, we lost one of them, Mike Sexton. And now we lost another one of them, Sam Grizzle. And, but, you know, Sam uh, always had you laughing. And he went at people hard. And so that's why there's been a lot of, you know, press about him that goes both ways, right? Yeah. And he, like you, Mike, you go at people hard, but mm. but in your case, you back off and you're laughing a lot. You Sam know, never backs off. Let him off the hook. Sam never you let him off the hook. And but but Sam wouldn't let him off the hook. Never. He would just he would he would find your weakness and hammer you. He would. And everybody else would be laughing because yeah. it would affect you. And then then he'd go to the next guy and he'd go to the next guy at the table and he was just really good and but it was just so funny and once you learn to not take it personally once you learn to just laugh yeah. i mean you i just every time i played with him i was laughing now you you were there when when sam hit david gray right or no oh that's a classic story Tell everybody I mean, not that many story. people know the story man we're talking about the 1990s we're playing six and 1200 stud okay. and uh 
and Sam is in the eight seat and we're playing at the Mirage. Okay. The Mirage. I didn't play at the Mirage much. I know you did, but I did. Yeah. It was kind of, I didn't play a lot of cash games done at the Mirage. Yeah, I did. Playing at the Mirage, we're in the high limit section. It's a 600. That's a big game, man, for the 1990s. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I know I'm 10,000 loser, 20,000, 30, 40, 50, 60. I think I got to over 70,000 loser in this game. And I'm like, oh my God, I have the best hand every time. What is going on here? I'm whining, I'm crying. 10 hours in, 20 hours in. 30 hours into the session and sam's in the in the eight seat just needling everybody and laughing and laughing and he has like he imagine stacks uh, say of uh, 15 chips high but imagine him going all the way out to the end of your arm almost under the pot he had just stacks of chips and 500s and 5ks and he had to be up 150,000, just hammering everybody david gray's at the table annie dukes at the table I think Howard Letter, a lot of great players. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Howard was there too. And so just a really, really tough lineup. Nobody's giving anything away. And, you know, and then hour 35, Sam starts to get tired. And uh, all of a sudden, hour those chips 35. are gone. <laughs> those chips are gone. And, uh, you know, and then he goes to the box and he takes all of his remaining chips. And, like, he just had one money management flaw. Like, if he could have just left at that point and saved his last 50, 60,000, you know, he was just so tough, but I just, I think it, these 40 hour sessions got to him and, and all of a sudden Sam loses his money and Sam has been unbearable to everybody at the table. And, uh, and Sam was funny, funniest guy, 80, 90% of the time, but occasionally he'd get a little bit upset, yeah. uh, a little bit mean. Yeah. And, uh, and now he's like, now he loses his last chips and he's like, he's like, ah, swears at us all and gets up to leave. And then David Gray says, David Gray is cold-blooded, man. I mean, that guy is cold. I mean, he can be so mean. And he just is like, all right, game over, everybody, as if we were going to just stop playing. And everybody asked for Rex. We did stop playing. And Sam is just like, that was a big insult. But but Sam had given it to David Gray four times as worse. I know. Now David Gray was giving it back. And so now I'll never forget this. Uh, Sam and David Gray, uh, they come together. David Gray's still talking, sitting in like the four seat. Sam walks around the table. David Gray walks out to the aisle. And all of a sudden, uh, Sam throws like a left-handed punch. And uh, and all of a sudden, a pandemonium in the place. David Gray, one of the big names in poker back then, and Sam Grizzle, you know. And all of a sudden, the place is full of the mirage. And all of a sudden, everybody's talking, and security comes over. And, you know, it just it was a big story, you know, back in the day, you know. And, yeah. Uh, I remember because I heard about it. I, I wasn't there that day. They were all telling me about it. You know, that was I was still playing like twenty forty limit hold'em at the time, so it wasn't really my. But I just was. Everybody was talking about it. Now there was also a time when you were playing. Also, that did Sam, you and Sam got into it, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, Sam and I. I've had one fist fight in poker, <laughs> and it was with Sam. And and the only reason this happened, Mike. Is is I, my head, I was limping around with a bad back. I mean, I you know my back was in pain, yeah, and I was I hunched over. I remember, and I probably should, I probably should have been in Vegas playing, but I had a really bad back, and was just starting to improve after three days. And Sam had asked me to hold a seat at the table for him, mm -hmm. and I held it. And but I know Sam; he hated paying rake when he wasn't there. Right. He left like I don't know thirty-two dollars there, and they took eight. They took another eight. They took another eight. 
And I said, don't pick them up yet. You're supposed to pick up after 40 minutes, an hour mm. passed. And all of a sudden, another few minutes passed. And I'm like, all right, I don't want him to just lose all his money. Plus, we're playing four-handed. Why should he be paying? Mm-hmm. So I put, I said, all right, this is Sam's money. And uh, I'm going to give it to him and put a rubber band around it. It was, I don't know, $16 or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. $10, $12. But I know Sam could be pretty particular about the rake. And so now he comes back and suddenly the game is full. And I'm like, oh, God. First of all, I held the seat a lot longer than I should have. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I saved him some money in rake. And third of all, how does this game fill up? Right. And now he's really mad at me. Why didn't you hold my seat, Phil? And he just, he gets in kind of, you know, the 20% of the time and get a little bit of a dark mood. And he starts screaming and swearing at me and screaming and swearing at me. And I say, hey, uh, Sam, I said, maybe there's there's no better time than now. I can't, my back's so sore. Maybe we ought to go outside. Mm-hmm. I was kind of joking. Yeah. And he's like, let's go. Just had a mean, so we go outside. <laughs> and uh, my back was probably up to 90%. And, uh, and I landed a punch and he landed a punch. And, uh, and, uh, and then security showed up and they said, hey, you guys have to go to across the street to continue this. And I was like, I mean, you know, I mean, I listen, at full strength, if I didn't have a sore back. But anyway, the great part about the story is we both landed punches. Neither one of us had a mark on our face. We shook hands the next day and said hello. <laughs> and, you know, a great punch. Nobody gets hurt. Neither yeah. one of us had any power. You know, listen, it, it's like, I, you know, just everybody knows Sam. It's like Sam could be annoying. Sam, it's, but you know what the thing about Sam is like, even when he, I mean, he probably owed, if he didn't owe somebody in the poker world, I don't know, I'd like to know who it is, but he owed almost everybody, you know, and, but he had a way about him that even if he owed you money, uh, he, fa- he found a way to make you laugh. I mean, when he'd yep. walk in, he'd walk into the poker room and, you know, he'd ask you to stake him and you'd be like, well, you already owe me this much, Sam, and you ain't paid me back yet. Uh, I don't know if I could stake you, but he'd find a way. Like, No, then he'd say, look at that game. Those people, they're, 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 when it comes to poker, they're crippled. They can't even spell well, poker. How can I they're, lose, how can I lose in that game, Mike? Just, yes, hey, how put can me, I lose put in, me that in that game, game Mike? Just put me in for 10000 there's no way I could lose in that game. And and the, I look at the game and it's filled with five top professionals. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, he's really selling. He's the great he was a great salesman to get in the games, you know. Yeah. And I listen, you know, God rest his soul, you know. I re- staked him know. a bunch and you staked him a bunch. Yeah. I paid dude, most people got their money dude, back. Uh, I never by the did, way, he, he played good. heads up with me, I think in Connecticut in a hotel room and beat me for forty three thousand. Yeah, I remember that really hurt me at the time. That was a lot of money. Yeah. We were playing like uh, Raz, uh, Deuce to Seven Raz, in my suite and uh, my room at the time. I probably didn't even have a suite. And, uh, you know, when the smoke cleared, I owed him 43000 I paid it right away. But, I mean, you know, I mean, he... He had he had he had plenty of wins against me as well. I mean, he, you know, he was tough. One of the, the this is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go here and then we're gonna take some phone calls. Uh, this is I'm gonna go ahead and say this is his the latest the last fun funny story I could say about Sam. This is uh, a couple months ago before he passed away. Uh, so we're saying I'll say July. He's playing the WSOP events, right? And he finished third in that event. He finished than third. You and I did. And we played yes. every tournament. Yeah, exactly. He finished third. 
But the funny part was, is three days... 77,000, I thought yeah, I saw. Yeah, 77,000. Right? But three days before, he calls me on the phone. Come on, Mike. Can you and Phil stake me in this tournament coming up? Come on, Mike. Call Phil. Call Phil. Can you stake me? Uh, I don't know, Sam. Uh, I'll let you know. And uh, I know I didn't, you know, because he owed me a lot of money and he owed... You know, he's, he's Sam, right? And I'm just like, I'm not going to call Phil to ask him if he could stake him, you know. So now you we didn't see. Call. So uh, I, I I don't know if I did or not, but. Uh, you didn't. I didn't, right. And so um, he's like, and, and for like the next two days, 48 hours, come on, Mike, you got to stake me in this tournament. You got to stake me. So now I see he's like at the final table. I'm like, so I. I uh, I text him because I'm always pulling for Sam, you know. Everybody always pulls for Sam. Of course, you text him to congratulate him, right? I say, come on, Sam, you can win this. I got confidence in you. I got confidence in you. And, you know, he said to me, no, you don't. If you had confidence in me, you and Phil would be staking me in this tournament instead of some other (laughs) idiot. <laughs> that's so Sam. That's yeah. so Sam. If you ever, if you ever gave him a compliment, he'd come right back at you like and, he didn't the, want praise. And this is something for all the viewers need to understand. So he's like, because Sam owes a lot of money. He's like, do me a favor, Mike. Whatever you do, don't tell anybody that I'm down to the last three people. But the point was, it's all over poker news. Sam Grizzle at the final table with the chip lead with three people to go. So he's sitting there saying, don't tell anybody, because he owes everybody, that he's down <laughs> the final table and everybody already knew. That's a typical Sam for you. You know, he's like, what, what do you mean they all know? I go, they all know. He's like, oh. <laughs> so, I mean, it was all over. Poker. And, and he got real lie. unlucky on the last hand. I mean, he had like, uh, I think it was ace 10 versus pocket threes. And he flopped a 10 and it fucking came a fucking three on the river to bust him. So, uh, you know, he got pretty unlucky there. Uh, but yeah, now, Mike, was, didn't he have a deep run? Didn't I read something about he was deep in a tournament when he when he had the well, brain he actually, yeah, and I and I, I I tweeted it out. He was the chip leader of a thirty dollar buy in tournament when he had uh, when he told his daughter he said um, I'm the chip leader and I'm doing really good, but I don't feel good. And the next thing you know, he had the uh, brain aneurysm. His his eyes rolled up on back of his head, and and then he was in a coma, and that was the end of it. But he ended up. Uh, blinding out and finishing ninth in that tournament. Uh, but I, I posted on my Twitter, I said, well, at least he went out on top. You know what I mean? And uh, like I said, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in the world that might not like Sam and he's done them the wrong way. And, and uh, listen, he's as good of friends as I was with him. You know, I, I can't say he's always did me right. But listen, he um, he's a very big part of poker history. And uh, there's not. Did you one. hear that tribute? Did you did you hear the tribute to him that came in from Matt Morantz? So no. Matt Morantz was four one one four four one Productions, Mike. Okay. And and Matt came to Vegas two thousand three, and he said, "Phil, you know, I'm doing the television stuff. Can we go out to to lunch?" And I'm like, "Cool, finally we're getting television. Not only that, it's ESPN, right? And you know, the World Poker Tour had just started, and I thought this is going to be great." And Matt and I go out to a sushi place. I can probably almost see the place from my suite here, uh, Mike. It's a uh, well, may, no, maybe it's not towards the MGM. Yeah, it's the other direction over there. But anyway, went to a famous sushi place. Everybody used to eat at this place. And I show up, and Matt's like, "Hey, Phil, um, 
you're going to end up being famous and making a lot of money. And I said, you're going to end up being famous and making a lot of money. And we were kind of laughing um, because their plans were to, to, you know, they thought I had a big personality. And so Matt doesn't even know an ace from a deuce. He's hired to do this job. And the very first day, okay. And they, and oh, I the Matt Morass, the, the guy who, the ESPN guy. I remember him. Is that you talking about? And yeah. And oh. the very first day, Mike, that they're doing ESPN coverage was the main event and it was a day two and Sam Grizzle and I and TJ Cloutier are all at the same table. Okay. And, and Sam and I start battling and, but we're going at each other hard verbally. And he started singing the song, which people have been repeating. Uh, I fired my guns and Philly kept a coming down by the da 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 I fired my guns and Philly retreated back to University of Wisconsin Badgerland or something like that. And I remember seeing that in television saying that was amazing. Like that was just so great impromptu stuff. Wow. But Matt Morantz just put out a tweet and said, without Sam Grizzle, we might not have gone for the personalities because they didn't understand what was happening at the table, even though right. Holden's pretty simple. And you can see the hand that they're going to, if you go and you see this, you can see the hand that Sam busted me. They said, I called 21,000. It was 2,100. Okay. I called and I can see that in the video. But what Matt said is at that point, we realized we had something, the personalities. Right. And he said, him and his crew just sat there and laughed all day as Sam and I went back and forth at each other hard. Right. And TJ got in there a little bit. And I remember if you look at this clip that's on the internet, because I just yeah. looked at it, I'm trying to introduce the poker world to, well, TJ Cloutier is one of only three guys that has over three million in lifetime earnings. And I'm one of those guys, you know, okay. all right, bragging, I guess. And uh, trying to introduce it to ESPN. And then Sam comes and says, yeah, yeah, you all are real good, uh, but I'm going to bust you both or some, some just yeah, snap some. like, you know, and, and he's very was just super clever. Yeah. yeah, he was the wittiest. So, but I mean, Matt Morant said, if not for Sam Grizzle and that first day, we might have gone a different direction in poker. Yeah. But we just decided if we were entertained by this, then the world would be entertained by this. Yeah. So, you know, um, so, you know, uh, Sam will be missed. It's, you know, whether he touched you in the right way or the wrong way, he's a big part of poker. Uh, I, um, my heart goes out to his family, to his daughter Lexi and Gina. Like I said, if anybody can donate anything, Mike, can, if he could have managed his money a little bit better, played a few less hours, I mean, yeah. he, he could have been, you know, one of the biggest stars in poker. No, I know? agree. We Easily, all, we all know that. We all know that. And uh, and then um, you know, again, once he had he, the personality, he had the charisma, yeah. he had the wit. And and once he, you know, once he had a daughter and stuff, he. Uh, you know, it was you know he had to put a lot of money towards bills with her, and it kind of it was much tougher on him. And um, you know, Sam because of all the leaks he had, it was very tough for him. But he you know he yeah. he got his daughter through. Um, she's twenty. She's doing really well now, and uh, that's all that really matters. So what we're going to do is uh, we are going to open up the phone lines, and we're going to take some phone calls for anyone who wants to call in the show and talk to me and Phil. Uh, the phone number is 702-329-0480, 702-329-0480. Uh, you can ask me and Phil anything you want, and uh, we'll go from there. The mouthpiece. There you go. The phone lines are open, 702-329-0480. Uh, 
Give a call. Talk to me and the great one, Mr. Phil Helmuth. We have someone on the line. Hello. Welcome to the mouthpiece. It's Mike and Phil. How are you, Mike? Great. What's going on? Am I live right now? You are live with me and Phil Helmuth. Wow, that is very, very exciting. I'm a big fan of both of you guys. Um, I guess I want to start off with a question to, I guess, Phil. Uh, in my opinion, one of the greatest ever. Um, my question is, whenever I play even online tournaments, you know, very small stakes because I'm a university student, I just want to know how you handle the swings. Like, it's your stock is up, it's down. I just want to know how you stay patient and don't, you know, donk Phil, off your money. Or Phil still can't handle the swing. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, emotion is a big part of poker. It just is. I mean, you're playing with other people and there's money involved. And, you know, I mean, I used to do, I used to do a tremendous amount of tilting, tremendous amount of tilting. And then I kept telling people I don't tilt anymore. Well, that isn't true. Um, I've gotten under control quite a bit, but the one thing that really helps someone like me and Mike, and I'll speak for him in this regard is, you know, we get used to having all summer of a 10, 12, 15 big blind stack. Right. And, you know, and I mean, the same thing with Negranu, except in mixed games. A lot of times they're just short. Yeah. And just wait. But but I think we have the patience to wait for that spot. And if you have, and this is something that I've been doing my whole life. And so I'd always be short on chips and they'd say, oh, Phil's out. And then all of a sudden I'd be chip leader three hours later. It happened to me so many times because I never gave up. Right. I never gave up. And a lot of people, especially in old days, get their last 10 big blinds and just shove it in with seven, eight suited and, uh, you know, and go to the cash game. Well, I never gave up. And so I would just hang in there and hang in there and hang in there. And then, you know, when you do get your five big blinds stack in two and a half to one favorite, there's a good chance you're going to have 12 big blinds. And now you've given yourself a chance, you know, and then maybe you can win a pot or two and you're up to 20 big blinds. Maybe you get lucky and you win a flip and now you're up to 43 big blinds. And so it's a matter of not giving up. And I will tell you one tip that I used to come back to your question even more specifically. And your question is, how do you hold it together? Uh, Especially Mm -hmm. after bad beats. I learned in about 2002, a good technique for me was when I took a really bad beat, I would ask myself, how many chips do you have? And then that engaged my mind in counting. You know, uh, you have 12,480. Yeah, you just lost a $60,000 pop. You still have 12,400 left. How many big blinds is that? You know, okay, that's such and such big blinds. Okay, what's your game plan? Those three questions, you know, how many chips would force me to physically count my chips? And so if I'm in an online tournament, I'll do the same thing. How many chips? You can just look at the screen. Okay, what's my strategy? You know, just trying to engage myself in the moment versus, you know, just saying, oh, my God, I can't believe this idiot put all the money in with ace-queen against me, and I had ace-king. How does he hit a freaking queen? You know, I can't believe this idiot put it all on with whatever king-queen against my ace-king. I can't believe he had a queen. And so, you know, rather than go on a tirade too long, a lot of times I would that those are the three questions I would ask myself to put myself back in the moment. Sounds so, good. Okay, that's very interesting. Thank you, Phil. I guess I just have two more questions. I guess I'll do with you, Phil, again, and then I'll ask Mike the uh, yeah. the last one. But my next one for you, Phil, is I've been watching a lot of the old episodes of the Big Game. Very, very entertaining. I think it's some of the most entertaining poker I think I've ever watched. And me and my dad I actually watch my dad sometimes, and we're constantly watching. And whenever you're in a pot with Tony, 
I think he's just like such a jerk. Like he, I mean, he's good he was so out of line to Phil. So right, right. Line. So my, my question to you, Phil, is like, is it for TV or is he really this like kind of dick guy who doesn't care because he would constantly needle you and come after you? And I go, listen, Phil can be out of line sometimes too, but I, I feel like you have a good heart. I honestly, no. me and my dad would think like. No, he was trying to get famous off Phil by by needling him. He was so out of line. They do. The producers do say that some guys try to get famous off coming after me. Um, Tony, Tony G, uh, you know, I mean, he's a special case and he he can be just really, really mean at the table. So Mike could be mean at the table. Grizzle could be a little mean at the table, obviously. And then um, uh, and then Tony G could be mean at the table. Well, Mike, most of the times would be mean but then you'd go out and uh you'd go out and ask him how he's doing and have a long talk and he'd be engaging and nice and you could tell he had a good heart oh. and with and with right. uh, tony g you couldn't always tell that and uh you know and so i forgave him for there was one particular move he made on me in the big game where he said he didn't look at his whole cards yeah and oh God, uh, that was not cool just all that yeah that was really bad and so i asked him i said hey listen you should really give me some kind of cash refund for that he laughed and, you know, I thought that was one of the most out of line moments I've seen in, in, in poker on, tel- on television. But, it, you know, I talk about this in my book, Positivity. Uh, I forgive everybody because just like I even forgot that Antonio came at me so hard, challenged me at heads up all the time. I, I did not even cross my mind until after I'd played him three times and won. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He kept challenging me. Um, but so I kind of forgave Tony. I saw him uh, last year at the Aria. Uh, he won a tournament. I gave him a picture and some good press on my Twitter. And so I've just been really nice to him uh, because, we, you know, we, I don't want to dislike somebody. I don't want to waste time disliking somebody. Yeah. And that's, he's responded in kind and he's been nice to me. And we, we got a little time together over at King's Casino in, in Austria. Hey, we had a dinner together once. And so that's my nature to forgive yeah. because if I'm going to use energy disliking somebody, that's energy taking away from my goals in yeah. life. I hate to interrupt, but uh, uh, we have a ton of calls coming in. Uh, and, and ask me the last question. I'll answer it with uh, you off the air. What is that? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Okay, I'll ask the question. First of all, Phil, congrats on being Antonio, and good luck on number 16. Um, for you, uh, Mike, um, I wanted to ask you what it was like beating Phil in the NBC Heads Up a few years ago. Thanks right. for the call, guys. And you best got of luck it. to both of you. You got it. Uh, yeah, um, in the NBC Heads Up, that was pretty fun. So... The funny part about that event is I, w- I was never going to play it. But in November, two months before, I had a dream. I won it. So and back in those days, that was before my injury and stuff. Whenever I had a dream, I won a poker tournament. It always came true. Uh, I guess after I started taking pain meds and shit, all this shit didn't work. So um, uh, you remember, Mike, they they they, they said uh, they said they said that the old guys had no chance. The two were, we were all I remember is Olivia Bousquet going on Twitter Olivier. and saying, and oh saying God, the, the two attacker. worst players are playing head up for the NBA M- championship. And I thought it was pretty disgraceful because I know those six matches was the, I got in a zone that was one of the best zones I ever got in and I know I, I deserved it. Four of my, yeah. I dominated four of my matches. They yeah. weren't even close. And I dominated four of mine too. The toughest, I mean, the two toughest were you and Scott Sieber and Scott Sieber. Do you think Olivier Bousquet, do you think he really just doesn't understand reading ability and, and I mean, is that what it is? Like, a, the I thing, mean, he I, came after me again. I'm going to tell I, you I what it is. Don't think, I think when he watches me play a heads up match, 
and Antonio races with King Jack and I fold King Nine on the yeah. button. The whole world is like that. It plays so horrendous. Phil sucks. Well, and I and- sit there and go, oh my God, I was dominated. What an amazing fold. Right. And they talk about coolers. Well, I never, I mean, how am I ever going to get cooler if I can somehow get away with King exactly. Nine from. Exactly. Do you think Olivier understands reading ability? No. And Olivia, don't get me wrong. Olivia Bousquet is a, he, he's prides himself because he used to sit and play everybody in the world head up, no limit online. Mike, and he, the he funny believes thing is, he's you the and best. I give a, yeah. The funny thing is, you and I give Olivier Bousquet a lot of credit. Like, yeah. The funny thing is, we both think he, he's really, really tough. Yeah. But for him, to, for him, just, not, I mean, how do you think Olivier Bousquet explains the fact I won 24 out of my last 25 heads up mm-hmm. matches? Do you think he's just like, this is impossible. This guy, oh, it never. I mean, I saw him fold a queen and a jack from yeah. the when he limped in once. And do you think he just is like, I just wow. don't understand it, or what's going on there? Because see that before before that no before that NBC NBC head up, he was going crazy on Twitter. Mike Mattiso shouldn't even be in the tournament. He doesn't deserve to be. He can't play a lick. Blah 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 blah. And first of all. Again, these are TV shows. They're about was like had the least amount of celebrities invited. I think there was one person who won their seat and one celebrity, and, and then the other sixty-two were like the best in the world. You know, so you know, I, I thought it was fun to beat you, and uh, we've talked about it many times. So let's go to. Uh, we have. I don't. Um, you know, it is, it is. It is. It's been a pet peeve of mine that for some reason. I just keep winning and winning. You know, they had a 500 and 1,000 game, Rob's game, right? Cash game. Mm. I was the big winner. I've won 22 out of the last 23 times I've filmed. I've won 24 out of my last 25 heads-up matches, and yet you have a bunch of players that say that I'm somehow not great at poker. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, it's so frustrating. But but I will tell you this, the last just in the last year, Mike, a second, a third, a fifth, and a sixth, and an 11th and a 16th in WSOP tournaments, don't they see that? What do they think? I'm just lucky. Yeah. Like I've been lucky for. I guess I've been lucky. Well, I guess. I guess it's true. I guess I've been lucky for about thirty-three uh, yeah. years. All right. Let's get the next caller. All right. Hello. Welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike and Phil. What's going on? Hello. Hey. Uh, how's it going? Uh, I was just Good. gonna say that. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Yes. Uh, I'm 40, 42 years old, and um, Phil was. You know, always, I think in our generation, a lot of players basically thought of him as being the best. And so, like, on Twitter, everybody argues about who's, you know, who's the best. So what do you, I think what people get wrong is that some people basically consider, like, if you're in a vacuum playing the best players against the best players, who would win? But mm-hmm. to me, the best player is always about, in poker, is money. There so you it's go. game selection. So, of course, you're, of course you're, you're going to be older. And you're 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 not going to be able to have the memory capability of a 21 year old. Right. So why would you go play in the hardest games if uh, you know why? All another thing is endorsements, right? So yeah. Phil was always you know he's the best player because he understood that he could make money from his personality, right? So Correct. when people on Twitter they kind of have different like in their minds they kind of like think like what's the best player? But to me, at the end of the day, poker is about making money. I mean, no. that's, the, that's the whole point, right? Now it's you're not talking. About who, See, can, who, who can be the most memorizations yeah. you know, of this and the, situation? The truth, me, the truth of the matter is what you're saying is 100% true. Now, for years, my ego was really big, and I just played everybody in any game there was. And I credit Phil with, tell, with getting it through my head a couple of years ago, Mike, 
It's about game selection. It's about money management. And and I have no problem telling everybody that I would be broke still today if it wasn't for Phil Helmuth, okay? And he taught me a lot. So um, what do you have to say about well, Mike, what he just said, Phil? I taught you about, I taught you money management. I've been trying to teach you for years. It finally sunk in. Yeah. I knew you had it when, when you'd won about 200,000, 250,000 straight on the internet. Yeah. And and you were suddenly had a bad you were suddenly worried about paying sixteen dollars for something. It was annoying, but I was like, wow, I mean, this guy's figured it out because you would oftentimes just fire obscene amounts of money on sports bets and other crazy things. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and to come back to what, what what this gentleman's talking about, um listen, I get I get credit from ninety nine point nine percent of the world, you know, for being the greatest. I have my fifteen world championships, I've won every other tournament under the sun. And so I get that credit. And, you know, it's only reasonable that we have haters out there, people like Olivier Bousquet and Fedor Holtz and, you know, and some others. And you know what? At the end of the day, if I can just win another nine bracelets, my lifetime goal is 24 Mm -hmm. and just keep winning. Pretty soon I will have won 50 or 60 years straight. And uh, and, you know, maybe at a higher clip in any given five year period, I've won at a higher clip than everybody else on the planet. In World Series tournaments. And so eventually, maybe I'll get their respect. But I do think this, Mike, part of this is not understanding reading ability. That's a basic difference. So they can mask reading ability. They can cover it with amazing GTO, amazing game theory, amazing. I mean, I give them all the credit for that. Right. You know, if you can't look somebody (laughs) in the the eyes and tell them. The one thing, too, is like, you have it. I'm sorry, but like, or you don't have it. If you have, like, yeah. Go ahead. What were you saying, sir? There's another thing, too, like when you're in a large field, right, there's reading ability against the general population, which I think you're the best. But it's a different thing than, let's say, going to these super high roll balls, right? I mean, right. the reading there is going to be a lot harder because these guys have, you know, they, they basically every action they take is this choreographed. So, right. I mean, just because you're not be able to, like, you know, you know read at that ability doesn't mean I, I that think- you're – I'm I'm going to comment on that. I'm going to say when I'm on, I'm on. It doesn't matter who I'm playing. I obviously had a bunch of great reads against Antonio. If you look at the second match, I made a a bunch of amazing folds. And so I just seemed to know when he was strong. I just feel like when I'm on, I'm on. And then at that point, that's when I I make all my hay. But when I'm not on, I can punt stuff. I can play badly. I can... I can play really badly. Well, I don't usually play really badly anymore, but there's uh, times where I just punt off tournaments well, and uh, my reading abilities just aren't there. In all, fair, in all fairness, say. Phil, it's all fairness. Like Ted Forrest used to always tell me this, right? He used to always say, everybody loves to rate their game, their A game against the other person's F game. You know what I'm saying? So they see me or you play two or three hands really bad and then they'll always bring those hands up how bad we are right and and they but they don't understand the big picture and i think that's the biggest thing so mike i think you hit the nail on the head there i mean they compare their a games with our f games yeah and everybody and that, does it do you, and that's do you know what, how many people have told me oh my god phil i saw you on television i, I thought i was going to be able to beat you until we sat down at the table and then when they sit down at the table, like, holy shit, this is not what I was expecting. I saw Phil's low light reel, not his highlight reel. I saw his low light reel. But now I'm sitting across from him and, oh, my God, yeah. I, I see now why he's great. And so it's just really easy in our game. I just wish 
that, you know, Fedor and Olivia and all these guys could see all of the hands. Go back to the 2012 WSOPE, mm. you know, where they show every hand at the final table where I played 50% of the hands. I just right. wish they could see all my shining and great moments, all those hours that I shit. played against. That's you know? what I say. We got another anyway, caller? All right, whatever. We got another caller? We have tons of them. We have tons of them? All right, let's take uh, two more phone calls and then we'll. Uh, Wrap it up with Phil because we uh, need to get our pick of the weekend and we need to. I need to watch the World Series. Hello. Welcome to the mouthpiece. You're on with me and Phil Helmuth. How's it going? Holy moly. Am I really on with the mouth and Phil Helmuth? Yes, you are. Oh, man. Guys, this is amazing. Mike, my name is Alan. I'm from Jersey. Guys, let me just introduce myself. Thank you so much for getting back to me, first oh, of all. I'm a huge welcome. fan. Thank you. I grew up watching you guys on television and something in the last six months or whatever has just gotten me back into poker. The poker fire has been lit again. Good. And I'm just playing all the time. It's all I'm thinking about right now. Anyway, so I want hey, to Mr. To my Jersey, first. Mr. Jersey, I'm going to say this before what? you ask your question. It is amazing to me how many people have gotten back into poker. And the reason why is they're at home with nothing to do when <laughs> they pop online. <laughs> Continue your question. Go ahead. <laughs> it's true. Well, well, that's Phil. That is definitely part of the reason I'm back into it. But I also, I finally coughed up the hundred bucks. I got my poker go subscription. Yep. I'm watching high stakes poker. And you guys were talking about Sam. It's so weird. You were talking about Sam Grizzle. That was the first thing I went to watch was Phil and Sam go at it. Because when I was a kid, that's one of the crazy interactions I remember was Phil and Sam going at it in the 2003 Is that on Poker Go right now, that interaction where he's singing? The whole episode, yes, is on Poker Go. Oh, my God. So that's it. I mean, I, I, by the way, I get pissed off at people that tell me I don't want to spend $100. Why should I pay to watch poker? I mean, we I risked 280000 of my own money in a match yesterday, two days ago, three days ago, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, and I mean, I mean, you know, they're spending a fortune. They, they spent millions and millions of dollars on the studio, on the technology. They're paying announcers um, and, you know, and paying some of the players. And I think like, you know, come on, it's a hell of a product. And and, uh, yeah, that's worth and I get kind of mad when I hear people say they're not going to spend ten dollars on poker. They complain about it. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, man, you'll spend one hundred dollars on a fight for one hundred dollars. You can look at the whole library of every World Series of poker broadcast on ESPN yeah. ever. It's right there. You can look at every high stakes poker ever, every poker after dark ever. I might be off a few shows, but I believe they're all there right now. They are all there right now, Phil. And I'm going to tell you what, since my the fire got lit again and I'm watching high stakes poker, even though it's a little, maybe the not even so much dated because all those plays you guys are making are still relevant in today's game. And I'm just learning so yeah. much from yeah. watching you guys play. And then actually, to tell you the truth, I actually bought it because I remember an interview Maury Eskandani did with somebody and he was saying, well, there's all this great stuff coming out. We're doing all this great stuff. There's going to be mixed games. And I'm like, mixed games? Why uh, telecasted mixed games? I need to watch this. I was like, yeah. I need to see this now. And it's weird. And we're, we're, filming, just... we're filming some high-stakes poker next week. Uh, they're filming Mike, a whole we're filming season. 50 new – we're filming like 96 new shows in the next month. Yeah. They will all be out on Poker Go. It's amazing stuff. Yeah. Anyway, continue, continue what you're saying, Mr. Jersey. So, so what I was going to say was oh, – oh, but first off, I was going to say I'm not even 30 years old. Guys, I love mixed games. I don't I don't play the one two, I don't play the two five no limit. I play a little PLO. I go down to Borgata on the weekends, I'm looking to hop in a twenty forty stud game. I can't afford the eighty one sixty yet. One day we're gonna get there. 
but I'm looking to play stud. I want to play some OE. You know, I listen, like I like mixed games where the money's at right now. That, listen, there's a lot Mike, of great. Tell, tell them about how you and I walked into the room on. Oh yeah, we walked in. We walked in last night. Wednesday night. Yeah, they had a three six hundred mix game that was so good. And Crazy like, Mike, JRB. We were trying to get in it, and then JRB, JRB lost 6,000 in a pot to Cantu. He was about 98% favorite, and he went crazy. And he's like, and so the Crazy Mike was like, oh, come on, I want you guys to play. And fucking JRB was like, fuck you. You want those professionals in this game? I'm not going to play if you let Phil and Mike in the game. Meanwhile, he came up to us when we were sitting playing roulette and said, come on over to the game. I want you guys to play. <laughs> so he invites us to play, loses a pot, and goes crazy when he wanted to get us in the game. But Mike, I love, um, I, but I love, the, I love the energy of the 300-600 game. I've been trying to decide. I haven't played poker in a poker room yet uh since covid we've played some private games where we take tests uh i played in some studios with masks on but i'm really thinking about playing that 300 600 game tonight or tomorrow at the aria i'll be there with you man i'll be there with you we'll be laughing and having fun and mixed games are fun that's what i'm trying to get to yeah hey we gotta go we gotta get another we gotta get a couple more calls in i appreciate the call okay can i can i answer the question ask the question we'll answer it off the air go ahead thank you brother thank you so just real quick because you know, Mike Sexton died re- recently, and I just wanted to say maybe you guys both had an opinion. You touched on it a little earlier. You know, the game today is just so – there's no personality, man. It's all about the math. These younger guys my yeah. age get on there, and, like, they think they know everything and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But, like, how do you guys feel about that as far as an entertainment value? You know, do, do you think it's it's taking newer players away from the game uh, because these newer guys come and they put their hoodies on? Well, Mike, like, I think I'll answer that's this affecting one, Mike, yeah. the poker yeah. economy. We'll pr- I appreciate the question. We'll answer it right now off the air. Thanks for the call. appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. You Thank it. you. Thank you. Take care. Bye, guys. Okay, Mike. So I'm going to say this uh, about that. Um, first of all, first of all, some of the young generation is really fun. I like Fedor Holtz was really funny and, you know, was doing some very clever stuff, uh, making fun of me, comparing me to Bob, somebody or another. I mean, so, I mean, it's not all bad, but I do think that I do think for a while there, they were driving amateurs out of the game mm-hmm. because every time you raised, like I would fold 20 hands in a row and finally raise. And then each guy has to study 30 seconds. Yeah. Really? Can't you just fold and yeah. stare you down and try? I mean, what? Well, and so, I mean. Now, I mean, Nick Showman tried to defend that. He's like, well, they're just trying to play their best. It's a lot of money for them. And I, you know, and a lot and, and a lot of these guys only have 20% of themselves in the first place. But if playing your best is studying every 30 seconds, every time someone makes a move, we're just, just it's a little slow. Um, and, and so, but, I mean, but, I think they've gotten away from that. And the truth of the matter uh, is, you know, is we're filming all these high stakes pokers in the next couple of weeks. And there's a lot of these great players that are upset they're not invited, but this is a TV show. This is not uh, they. It, they're not going to spend millions of dollars putting production of a high stakes poker together with all these GTO wizards that are just going to sit there and play perfect poker because it's a TV show. You needs to be entertained. And, and you know, that's interesting, uh, Mike. You got you hit the nail on the head there. And I'll tell you this: Nick Shulman tried to defend this the other day, and he said, "Hey, Phil, he's like, well, these guys, these guys, you know." He tried to defend it by saying. Oh, it was very interesting. Give me one second here. I want to catch this train of thought here. Nick was defending this, and um, and and then Antonio came back at him. 
And so Nick said, this is the way they can make the most money. And Antonio said, you're completely wrong. They can make a lot more money by making poker fun, getting a lot of amateurs in, by having fun at the table, by making sure everybody else has fun, by making sure they're invited to stuff. And Nick's like, no, 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 no. They need to just sit there and, and play their best and make every second count. And, uh, and Antonio was on the other side of that, and I'm on the other side of that. And maybe I misrepresented Nick's comments a little bit, but that was the gist of what he was saying. So I want to tell you that, you know, if you if you're a young, great player, you know, and you think that it's going to be in your best interest to study 30 seconds every hand, don't be surprised when you don't get invited to film high stakes poker. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I, I, I haven't decided if I'm going to play yet. I've got an invite. Uh, the line the lineups are pretty tough. Um, Tell them that lineup because I know the lineup. Yeah. So you. the lineup. Right, we got another call first. We'll get back to that in a minute. Phil Ivy, Tom Dwan. Yeah. It's a tough lineup. Welcome to the mouthpiece. You got Mike and Phil on the line. What's going on? Hey, Mike. Hey, Phil. How you What's doing? Good, man. All right. I got a question. Uh, me and a friend of mine, we, wa we watched your poker videos a while back. And uh, we came across this character. I don't know if any of you guys know him. I hope you do. His name was John Benetti. You guys well, remember that? He's one of Phil's best friends. Are you kidding? We got. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Phil. Phil got so any give stories you a lot about him? Of, oh, he'll give you a hundred of them. I mean, Are to this kidding? day, to this, let's tell you how close Phil is with John Benetti. He'll tell you. To this day, he still takes care of his widow. That's all you need to know. So, uh, oh, shit. well, yeah. Mike, you, you brought that up. That's nice of you. I don't know if that's ever been made public, but, yeah, I'm sorry. but I think we lost Benetti in 07. I've been sending Jeannie Benetti 1500 a month, um, ever since then, just automatic payment to her. Um, because oh, wow. I told John, I would take care of, you know, he was looked like he was going to die. He had cancer and, and I said, Hey, yeah. listen, I'm going to take care of her. Um, but, but you got um, some great I, John Bonatti stories. This is not a brag that I would bring yeah. up, Mike, but, but since you mentioned, I'll go with it. Now, yeah. Benetti and I have a hundred stories. The first time I ever was involved with John Benetti, uh, that I remember, I remember we played in at, at a tournament in, you know, in Louisiana, like mm -hmm. it's called the Cajun cup. It was kind of a famous tournament, but we're talking about 1987 and 88 now. And then I remember the main event and I'll never forget this. We're at the main event, 1989, the year I won it. And this crazy hand comes up. It comes Ace, King, Jack. And he is the queen four of diamonds with the Ace, King of diamonds on board. And I have the nine, five of diamonds. And I just somehow put in way too much money with the flush draw. And he had the nut flush draw. And queen high ended up scooping the pot. Came blank, blank. And John Benetti looked over and he said, never send a, never send a boy to do a man's job. Benetti had that deep Italian accent. <laughs> Never send a boy to do a man's job. and But with this pointing, Never send a boy to do a man's job. And that just hit me right in the frickin', that was the worst needle I could have ever had. And I was just like, oh my God. And I just, I shrunk and just felt horrible. Uh, of course, I ended up winning the 1989 main event, but that was one of our first big interactions. And then we became best friends for 15 20 years and uh he would come to california uh for the bay one-on-one he'd stay at my house um i staked him i started staking him in 1992 and coaching him up a lot and uh, he was a terror he won so many tournaments if you look up his tournament record he just won so many tournaments it was crazy he just had a knack for poker and uh and he just was unconventional uh, but i remember 
I'll never he was, forget. He was very unconventional. I remember the one one of the things I don't you know, you guys were really close, but I remember like when I first Mike, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Let me you don't know him very well. No, Let me I tell don't. the story. Okay. Nineteen ninety six main event. Okay, and um and I'm staking John Benetti and I bust late on day two. And I go over this table. He has 90,000, Mike. In those days, 90 was a lot because we started with 10. Right. He blows. He he goes crazy on the ace, you know, queen, deuce, four. No, ace, four, deuce, three diamonds. He has the queen of diamonds. He's against a guy that has aces with the king of diamonds, drawing dead. And just destroys most of his stack. Hmm. And uh, and I'm just like, what? And then gets a bunch of money in with nine, ten. And the other guy calls him with ace eight, and he somehow makes a straight. And he's sitting on 24,000. And they go to dinner break, and I, for the first time, start yelling at him. What in the fucking hell are you doing? You, you're you not going to have very many opportunities to win this tournament your whole life. You just blew all these fucking ships. I'm screaming in his face. And he goes up for the dinner break, and he takes an hour-long nap. And he comes back and he looks me in the eyes and it looked like two darts coming out of his eyes, Mike. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, and I was just, okay, I got it. And I didn't say a word to him. And he sat down and he folded 10 hands in a row. This after being a complete maniac. When he raised mm-hmm. hand number 11, they I've never seen a table fold so quick. Everybody just folded. And then all of a sudden he started climbing and climbing and climbing. And the next thing you know, he had the chip lead. Yeah. And now we're at the end of the day and I'm like, great recovery and uh and you know and all of a sudden my best friend at that time was huxie my second best friend was benetti well they get down to three-handed with this uh, with this other guy a doctor from oklahoma now mike the doctor from oklahoma has a massive chip lead and now they want to talk a three-way deal well huck's not interested and i'm like well let's talk at least well the doctor offers them six hundred thousand to six hundred thousand to six hundred thousand they'd play for like 250 Mm-hmm. Those are the numbers. And I remember I'd been staking Benetti that summer only because I told him I wasn't going to stake him, but his backer backed out at the last minute. Was this the 96 so I, World Series at Huck won? Or what, what, what was this? Though? Let me finish, Mike. Okay. And so let him and maybe I got the year wrong. It might have been. It was the year that Huck won. Was oh, that 98? Okay. 96. No. Yeah, 96. 96. So let me finish my story. So anyway, um, I had at the last minute decided to stake Benetti and I was really running out of money, Mike, by the end of that. And I remember the event before was the 5,000 limit hold'em, and Benetti took second for a hundred and I want to say 120,000. The whole 120 went to me and I was just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Now they're three handed in the main event and they agree to take 600,000 each. But right before that, Mike is the John Benetti, the luckiest card of his life story. He limps in with eights, the flop comes seven, five, deuce, and Huck is in the big blind with sevens and deuces. Okay. And they put it all in. And Benetti's going to finish in like seventh or eighth place, and I'm just sick, you know? And the turn was uh, gave gave us a straight draw. We needed six. a – I think it was a four. We needed a six or an eight. And the river was an eight. And because of that eight, instead of getting 50,000, Benetti got 600,000. And I remember that night he finished third. And uh, it was, uh, and I remember that night. It was Benetti, uh, me, my parents, and his wife, all having this lobster dinner. And I just was thinking to myself, five days ago, I felt like I was really getting short on money for me. You know, I still had a 
I still had a house paid for, but I was getting short on money. And now because of Benetti, I have five or $600,000 in my pocket one week later. And I'll never forget that. And, and I remember that Benetti played a huge pot against the guy from Oklahoma. He had Kings and he made a big re-raise and it came Queen Jack 10 and they got it in. And the doctor had Queen Jack offsuit. And uh, I just remember if Benetti hits that hand, you know, uh, it's going to be Huck versus Benetti. And, but anyway, I think so Benetti I got third, right? Benetti. Did Benetti get third in that tournament? He got third, but he right. got 600,000. Right. And the second place player finisher also got 600. Right. Like I said, they made a three way save. Cool. And it was fabulous. But Mike, his makeup number was like 350,000. I got that right off the top. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, we hey, listen, let me fit, say this thing because of him, I bought my house, Mike. I paid 900,000 for my house. Yeah. And now my house is worth 10 million. So I feel like I have a lot of gratitude for Benetti and everything that, you know, that he did for me. And well, uh, I just you know, remember, I remember his last year of his life when he was sick, you were really there for him and uh, you're a good man, Phil. So yeah, he was a character, Benetti. Anyways, we need to take another call. I appreciate the call. And uh, thanks for calling the mouthpiece. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. You're welcome. Never all right, let's go ahead and take uh, one or two more calls. The Dodgers are I'm up. I'm glad they talked about John Benetti, Mike. Yeah, me too. Dodgers are up one nothing. That's a good sign. Antonio Brown has just signed with Tampa Bay, by the way, while we're on the call. Oh, my God. That's great for me. I knew he was my going Tampa to Tampa Bay. Bay. Welcome to the Mouthpiece. This is Mike and Phil. Hey, Mike. Mike, Phil, great to talk to both of you. I'm just wondering, do you guys have your own uh, training site or master class? Why haven't you thought about that? Well, I'm uh, I'm working on uh, my own uh, site where I'm going to be teaching mixed games. Uh, Phil, me and Phil are doing this little thing. Uh, we're going to do a little YouTube uh, thing called Fishing with Philly. Uh, that's going to be uh, a fun little uh, YouTube. Uh, Maybe we'll do that, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> a fun little YouTube thing we're working on. And uh, other than that, uh, you know, right now uh, Phil's real busy with a lot of things. Um uh, we did a lot, you know, when COVID started, we, uh, you know, everybody didn't know what was going to happen. So we kind of just played a, a private home game for a while and uh, kind of just didn't do anything. So uh, I'm definitely. Well, I got, a, I got an answer for you, my man. Okay. So uh, I will say this, uh, you know, my book, Play Poker Like the Pros was a New York Times bestseller. It still has a lot of relevant information. I'm proud of that book. You know, there's a lot of truth in there. You can't. There's a lot of truth in there. And I remember Nick Shulman talking about this the other day. He said, Phil's book said you need to play three wheel cards. He said they, were, they all laughed at it until the solvers just agreed with that, too. So I feel like that book is just filled with truth and is great for beginners and intermediate players. Play poker like the pros. Um, uh, Daniel Negreanu did the first master class. And then, and then it was between Phil Ivey and I for the second master class. And he did the second one. Ivey did. Ivey's a great player. Um, but at the same time, it was interesting because Doug Pope wanted me to uh, do a big thing for him. And I was talking about it looked like I was going to do a master class instead. You get paid one hundred twenty five thousand for the master classes, no matter who you are. It's just a set fee. You're going to be the most famous guy in the world or the least famous. They set the rate. And so I thought I was going to do that. And you know what? I just I haven't been in a big hurry to teach because I think that a lot of the as much as a lot of the theories right now, um, are beautiful. I think they're missing one or two key points to me. And so, and so, 
but there are so i mean if i teach everybody what those key points are maybe it's going to be harder for me to win another nine bracelets philly 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 well, I'm always on the lookout for another book and uh, and anything you guys do on YouTube. So thanks for everything. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, man. P- take Good care. Luck. All right. Let's take one more call, and then we'll uh, move on to our last segment. I want to watch my Dodgers are up one nothing. Uh, my Badgers are playing, too. Yeah, Dodgers are up one nothing. Somebody hit a home run. I don't know who. I got a text. I just saw. This. I need my Dodgers. My friend, my friend uh, Peter owns them, and uh, he's just the greatest guy. Yeah. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. All right, let's take one more phone call, and um, we appreciate you coming on, Phil. This is oh, and really my friend's good. managing the Dodgers too. That's really fun. He sucks. Uh, you don't like the manager. I hate the manager. I hate him. I like him as a person. I just think he does shit. Dave Roberts was a really good guy, man. I said I like him as a person. I think he's a hell of a manager, too. Welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike and Phil. No, no, no. No, we don't got nobody? Okay. You have reached the voicemail box of 859. Hang up. Let's go. Do we have one more? We have a million more. We have a million more. Let's take, uh, what do you want to take, two more, Phil? Uh, Two more quick ones, Mike. I'm getting a little tired Me too. Let's take two more. Let's take two more. And we apologize for everybody who missed uh, calling in. My food is still waiting to be eaten. I have a hot, I had a hot, well, eat, nice eat, eat, grilled chicken. All right, that the person's not there. You are calling. Goodbye. All right, next one. <laughs> Phil Homuth, what about the man with five dicks? His underpants fit him like a glove. What the fuck? All right, let's answer this call. Welcome to the mouthpiece. It's Mike and Phil. What's up? Yeah. Um, I had a question for you guys. Sure. Um, whatever happened to that Mike Postel guy? Did he did he end up going to jail over that cheating stuff, or no. what? What was up with that? No, actually, um, I, I I could fill you in a little bit on that. Phil doesn't really know much about that. Um, he was uh, cleared of everything. Uh, that doesn't mean that he was still innocent or not. Um, he's literally filing a countersuit against all the poker players who defamed him because he was cleared of it. Uh, I am in conversation with him. There is going to be a video uh, that he has put together that will be released on the Mouthpiece podcast um, where he wants to try and clear his name. I don't know nothing about it. I will play the video um, and then we could take phone calls after we see the video together. Uh, So that should be fun to watch. So uh, that's, uh, I have been in wow. contact with him. Uh, I actually talked to him about a week ago. We uh, texted um, and he is going, he's got this whole big production video that he wants to play on my podcast. Uh, so I have no idea what it's gonna be, um, but we're gonna put it, we're gonna play it and then we're gonna take phone calls and we can all comment on that. So that should be coming up probably within a month. So that's the best, like, that's the news I got to you. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I look forward wow. to the explanation for how he folded, uh, how he folded ace-king on the king-8-3 flop. That, I really want to hear that one. Yeah, or wow. the or the, or the the jack-10 for 50 bucks when he called the flop and the jack hits the turn and he snap-fold. Want to hear that one, too. So uh, Did you all see that hand? Did you all see that hand he played against Marley, uh, that Marley girl where he... He flopped like top top or like uh, top. I know no. He turned he turned top pair, 
and she flopped the straight, and he like snap folded on like a men bed or something. It, it, it was something insane. Yeah, but you know, again, I don't want to comment, but I do know this is what a lot of people are overestimating is because I play on my site uh, in my in my home game one two dollar and two four dollar no limit. Um, when you play with the same people over and over and you're playing one, two, and two, four, there are certain people that you just know them because you play every day that you can literally fold, make easy folds to. And that's why I, I and again, I'm not clearing Mike of this. I'm just saying right. I think that the poker world went a little overboard because uh, when you're watching one, three hands, you know, one, three players are easy to run over. They're easy to make full. I, I can make the biggest fold the one to one, two, some of these one, two players, because when they put a chip in the pot, they have it every time. So a lot of people have over, you know, so right. I'm looking forward to seeing this video and uh, it should be out on the mouthpiece here within the next month. So that's my comment. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what would be entertaining is if he plays all the same people, but now they know there's no cheating 100% going on. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if he can replicate the same results. Yes. If he ends up exactly, if he ends up losing a bunch of money, you know, to these same players, mm-hmm. then that's just going to look a little weird to me. Yeah. Um, and if he ends up breaking yeah. even, you know, and making well, and making and folding the best hand a lot, you know, listen, and I'm not they, saying I'm not going to comment on it. And that's one thing I'll respect. Phil, Phil's never me and Phil both never commented on it. You know, but right. I, I, one thing I have always said is. Somewhere in the world, there's a one three two five player that's probably better than everyone. Now, I'm not saying that's Mike Postel, okay? Uh, don't get me on the road to say that. But I'm just saying, somewhere in the world, there's a player coming up right now that's a one three two four fucking two five player that in three years from now you're gonna everybody's gonna say how great this guy is. I'm gonna say that. I'm, I could say that because I met. Um, uh, uh, Paul Volpe before nobody knew who Paul Volpe was my brother said to right. me Paul Volpe is going to be the best player you ever seen and I said yeah right another internet idiot right he came on my brother's show he met me uh, we started talking and then Paul Volpe ended up being one of the best is one of the best players in the world so um, you know who knows um, I'm not saying that that's Mike Postel in any way but, I have a tremendous uh, amount of respect for Volpe. Yes. All right, Mike, next question. Our next question. Let's, we're going to have to go. We're going to go to the next caller. Uh, All right, we thank appreciate you. it. You're welcome. Right. Yeah, we're going to take one more call, and Phil's got to go. I've got to go. i got to watch the World Series. Uh, it's important to me. So. One nothing, bottom of the second. Yo, what's up, guys? Yo, welcome to the mouthpiece. Uh, you're going to be our last caller. You're on the line with me and Phil. What's going on? Shit, what's happening, man? It's Gypsy Frank. Gypsy Frank. Hey, buddy. How's it going? I guess Phil pulled off the uh, rabbit out of his ass, huh? Yeah, he pulled off the the, 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 the three-peat, the, the rabbit out Mike, of Mike, hey, Mike, I keep pulling rabbits out somehow. I mean, it's been going on for 30 years. No, no, no. I was trying. I offered him odds I was willing to take your action. I wanted to bet on you because I thought he was. you were going to He was. Frank <laughs> called last week. I told you. I said I didn't think Phil would win. I told you. You, I, you know exactly what I told you. And But I also said... I was I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent wanting Phil to win, 
I mean, I didn't want to say 100% because I didn't want to offend Antonio. You know, I offered him three to two, so I had faith in you, brother. He did. He did, man. And uh, you came through, Phil. I'm proud of you. So, uh, yeah. With that being said, congrats in your, uh, you know, your heads-up battle and everything. And uh, I can't afford a Galfon challenge, but um, I'm willing to do the Gypsy Frank challenge. And uh, <laughs> we could play 10,000 hands playing heads-up, and I'll give you three to one bet up to... 30, 40k. You're gonna give Phil three to one. Ooh. Did you just if say you're gonna ten thousand hands? Yeah, ten thousand hands. You're gonna give three to one for how much? Me likey, me likey. For forty thousand? You could bet up. You could you could bet up to ten thousand on that. I'll put up thirty. Ten thirty to ten, <laughs> Phil. But see, you have to understand, thirty thousand might not be worth his time for three for um ten thousand hands. You know, that's a lot yeah. of that's a lot yeah, of hands. It might be, you know what, Mike? It, it so. might be fun because, uh, because uh, just for the challenge. But yeah, I mean, uh, the money. Yeah, it's. A, I've been very lucky financially uh, with all, especially all these, uh, you know, stock deals I'm doing. But that's great. I, I like your confidence, and that's uh, good, and I think that uh, I'm just fucking with you anyway, man. No, you played good, man. Ah, he's Johnny. Oh, I appreciate you calling, Frank. I know you're a loyal fan of the show. And, I like a little drawing. I'm going to prove that and give yeah. a thumbs up. And we appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you. Had, you did have the fuck. You did call. You said Phil was going to win his exact reason. You talked about momentum. You talked about the pressure being on Antonio losing two matches. And uh, you were right. I was wrong. And when I'm wrong, I admit it. Now, the old Mike didn't admit it. Yeah. You know. Like the, the only new- reason I know that's from being a washed up, no limit, a heads up pro online. I <laughs> know you're not, Frank. You're all right. All right, man. I appreciate the call, Frank. Thank you so much. You got it. Take care. Well, we're going to let Phil go. Um, we got to talk about Sam. We got to talk about Benetti. We got to talk about um, everything else in life. We did good. I appreciate you coming on, Phil. I'm going to put out my pick of the week. Benetti, we can do, Benetti. We can do our pick of the weeks together. Um, what is your pick of the week? Let's do it together. Um, so let me, do, this, let me do the drum roll. Today I'm two and four on my pick of the week, and my pick of the week is brought to you by me and Phil. My pick of the week has closed. I have been making a decision between Denver plus nine and a half against Kansas City on a short week, coming off their big win over Buffalo. Or Atlanta minus two and a half against Detroit at home. Uh, they fired their coach. They had a big win. Um, I have right now Atlanta as my 10, Denver as my 9. I'm going to go with. I'm going with. Uh... I'm taking. Denver plus nine and a half against Kansas City as my pick of the week. What's your pick of the week this week, Phil? Well, it's been fun for me, Mike, because uh, you know because I'm uh, four, one, and one. Yes. I've lost once. You did. You lost and, last uh, week. We were both on the same side. But four, one, and one's pretty awesome, by the way. Hold on a second, Phil. Here. Wait a minute. Everybody quiet. Everybody quiet. I've lost once. <laughs> we had to get that in there, Phil. Yeah, uh, I've lost once. I just know. one time. Wait a minute. Good. What did you do? Say so, it again, Danny. What did you do? I've lost once. There it is. He said it again. There you go. Okay, so what is your pick of the week? We got uh, my pick of the week is Denver plus nine and a half. 
Uh, Mike, uh, usually, usually something pops off the board at mm-hmm. me, and I've been very lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've happened to have the right pick every week. Well, I'm going to uh, give you the line. I'm going to run week. the lines down. I don't know if you know all the lines. So Dallas. I do know is, all the lines. Okay, Dallas one and a half over Washington. Mike, Mike, I'm trying to say I'm not going to make my pick, but I will say last week I was surprised because I really thought Belichick's the best coach. I really thought Cam Newton would be comfortable too. against Denver. So I had. But uh, that one I blew big time because not only did they not cover the nine points, but <laughs> they lost that game outright in New England. It's very surprising to me. Yeah. Um, so um, I don't have a pick of the week. Uh, obviously, you will, but not yet. Survivor pool. We've yeah. lost at least half the people in our survivor pool. You went out early. I went out week. Ben one. went out. A lot of guys are out, and uh, you know it was easy for me to pick Buffalo this week in the survivor pool because they're playing the Jets. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm. I mean, I, I really. It's funny as I, I, I went with Denver. There's, a, I mean, there's a lot of games. I like Arizona plus three and a half. I don't think Seattle's as good as their five and zero record. Uh, I mean, that's the other one I'm leaning. Yes, at. who? I, I remember I looked at the Seattle Arizona game, yeah. and I will say, I right away thought Arizona is a really good team. You didn't like their defense. No, I and didn't. Uh, so, so I made it. You know, I picked Arizona. I bet Arizona um, the last. I bet them a bunch this year, and I've done really well with them. And I bet them big last week, and uh, they just looked—they dominated the game against yeah. Dallas. You know what? And, I'm gonna, uh, you know what? Now that you brought that up, I'm going to do so it. I I'm, think my, I'm changing my pick of the week. I'm changing my pick. Well, my, of the now week you're going to follow my pick. No, but, but my, I have right it as an eight week. star. I have it as an eight star. But you know what? It's a must-win game. If they win, they pull within one game of Seattle. I think Seattle's defense sucks. It's ranked last in the league. I'm changing my pick of the week from Denver plus nine and a half to Arizona plus three and a half. That's a final. I'm going Arizona plus three and a half is my pick of the week. I'm two and four through six weeks. See, I'm not going to make my pick of the week, but I will say that I'm leaning heavily towards Arizona. And and the reason why is is Seattle has pulled a lot of these wins right out of their butt. They sure and have. Russell Wilson has been amazing. amazing. And Russell Wilson will put points on the board. Yeah. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. But I will tell you this. I do not think that that Seattle defense can handle Murray who can just scurry for 20 yards and the best receiver in the league by far Hopkins. Uh, and so that's I mean, uh, that big you, game you mean the guy, the guy that Bill O'Brien traded away and then he got fired because he traded him away from Houston. Oh, that guy, oh, Deandre that guy. Hopkins, but also look at Larry. I mean, Oh my God, yeah, Fitzgerald is, I mean, my God, they, I mean, they, they, that team is stacked offensively. Yeah. And so I really think that, I really think that, you know, um, I really think they're much more powerful than people think. But also, Mike, you got to, and I know you like this too. Seattle's five and zero. Yeah. All of these teams have one off week. Yeah. And they're See, and, and I that's feel an, like you know that's another thing. You know, Arizona's on a short week coming off a Monday night game, and now they're playing against a team coming off a bye. So that kind of hurts that a little bit. Um, it does. I um, wow that. I'm not. I can't just change back and forth. I'm gonna stick with. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Arizona. I think. I really. Well, maybe I shouldn't, man. After saying that, no. Jesus, Mike. Mike I can't Mike, make all these choices. Up, after I hang up, you can deliberate all you want. No, nah, I'm sticking with Arizona as my pick of the week. So, but Arizona. Arizona is at home, yeah. and and they have an an amazing offense, and I think they're gonna put up. You know, I I think they're gonna put up 35 points. I also yeah. like the over. Yeah, I like and so I too. just don't think Seattle can stop him now. Can Russell Wilson keep up? Yeah, he probably can. 
But I mean, these all these guys have one bad week. Listen, you know, I don't, maybe you don't understand like I do, but they're five and zero, oh, and so they've been listening during their bye week about how great the team is, how great the team is. Ego gets in there eventually. But they should be and, three and uh, two or two and three. They pulled two mir- a minimum of two miracles out of their hat. Um, yeah, the one against Minnesota so I, I think- and the one against. Uh, and and the one against uh, New England. I mean, New England was at the one yard line to win the game. So uh, I mean, any they could easily be three and two or two and three. I'll take the three and a half points. So, Phil, one hundred percent. Plus, they're going in. They're thinking we're playing Arizona. We beat them for years, yeah. and we're favorites. Yeah. So I'm just not sure. Also, also before I would make that of my official pick, I'd like to know who who uh, Seattle's playing next week. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, that's another reason why I took Denver originally because they got they play they're playing they got a tough game on deck. Uh, uh, I'm trying to figure it out, but I know they play Kansas they, City is a tough game on deck. I think they saying. play uh, they play a top yeah. team next week. I'm t- trying to figure out who it was. That's why I like. Yeah, these guys they try yeah. not to look forward, but if they have a tough game next week, a lot of times they're just let down a little bit. So yeah. anyway, okay, Mike. It's All right, buddy. Be on the show. Thanks for coming on, Phil. We appreciate it. So, uh, all right, Philly boy, congratulations on your win over Antonio. I was wrong, Phil, was, as normal. He always, I don't know why anybody, I can't believe. Mike, you've made so much money betting on me. What were you thinking? Uh, Good night, everybody. I know. Uh, and, I've, and the truth of the matter is, is, is because Phil's my close friend, I would never bet against him. But I literally thought about betting against him, you know. Every time I would call him, he would be like, don't talk about no limit hold them with me. Don't talk. I'm the best. I'll talk about it. And I wasn't trying to talk strategy. I'm I just want no limit hold them. I just wanted to make sure that he was ready because I I know Antonio could not stomach the fact of losing three to fucking Phil. Mike, you know um, something? Just because I, I told you never to give. Sometimes I say to you, do not give me any advice. Yeah. And you said, study the tape, study the tape. Yeah, that's I said, all Mike, I wanted. I asked you not to give me any advice. Study the tape. And, <laughs> I'm the best. I think I'm the best. No limit heads up player. Certainly one of the best in the world. Right. And uh, I've proven it for all these years. And the last thing you want is some idiot to try to give you advice on how to play no limit. Well, heads I wasn't up. trying to. <laughs> You're the idiot. I'm the champion. Good night. Get the fuck out of here, Phil. Hang up with that motherfucker, man. Hang up with him. I love you, Phil. I love you, Phil. Thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it, man. All right. So he's gone. Um, yeah, so my pick of the week, I can't believe it. So originally I had Atlanta as my number one pick, um, laying two and a half. Uh, then I moved over to my second best pick of the week, which was Denver. And then Arizona, my third best pick of the week. Um, and then I stuck with Arizona. Now, Phil's off the phone. I could switch. Um because I'm a sick fuck and I don't bet. So uh, I'm just trying to see how I do on my pick of the week because I, I, I pick 90% losers, but normally when I, I the ones I like, I do well. Um, I do, it's really tough. So let me take a look here. So you've got, let's take a look at this NFL. Let's go with, uh, hold on a second. I just want to say, I know Kansas City's got somebody tough on deck. Let's go with schedule. Stay close to the mic so people can yeah, let's go with schedule. I, I just want to see why I like Kansas City. I'm trying to remember. Okay, so 
Kansas City now. They play at Denver. Oh, no, they have the Jets at home. So they're going to take this game seriously. Denver coming off a big win. Uh, so this is actually their tough game. Then they play the Jets and Carolina at home. So I'm going to pass on Kansas City. Uh, Arizona, it's basically their season. If they win, they're 5-2 and two and they're one game behind Seattle. If they lose, they're 4-3 and three and they're, they have no chance of winning the division. Uh, so that, that leads me towards Arizona. Um, I'm going to stick with Arizona plus three. Again, they're on a short week. The other team's rested. Uh, but uh, the other it's not like Arizona's not rested. They didn't even have to play the second half. They, they, fucking could have re- they rested everyone in the fourth quarter. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with Arizona plus three and a half, my pick of the week. So uh, we covered everything. We covered the debates. We covered John Benetti. We covered Phil's helm with head up match. It was good to have him on. Uh, we covered the bet me and Daniel, ha- me and Phil have uh, getting four to one against Doug. Again, we're not betting Daniel because we don't think Doug's a great head up player and he's not the favorite. He's just, he's not four to one favorite. It's just, I'm telling you right now, he's not four to one favorite. Um, if you want some, I, I truly believe in my heart. If you want good value, getting four to one on Daniel is, is you're not going to get any better value. I guarantee you this: with three, once they're playing with twenty-two thousand hands in the books, Daniel will be right there with a chance to win, getting four, getting four to one on your money. And that's all you can say. I'm not saying he's going to win. I put my money up. I took the value uh, during that match. Um, I guarantee you, unless Doug just gets out and just dominates, which I don't see happening, uh, you're going to see um, you're going to see the odds fluctuate a lot. So I'm hoping that Daniel, after five thousand hands, gets way out in front, and the odds change where I can bet ten on the other side, and then I can free roll, winning thirty thousand or breaking even. That's that's actually my goal. Whether it happens or not, I don't know. Um, but we'll see what happens. So, everybody, poker's going good. These head-up matches are good. I am going to end this show on a fucking good note. High-stakes poker being filmed next week. I've been... I have the money to play. I've been offered. Somebody wants to stake me. The lineups are tough. I don't know if I want to get 100000 in makeup with somebody staking me. I'm going to let you guys know next week on the mouthpiece whether I played or I didn't play. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. And by the way, if you haven't joined my home game yet, email mouthpoker at yahoo.com. Mouthpoker at yahoo.com. We play one, two, two, four, no limit every day. Take care, everybody.